they are ambassadors for Korea for sure, um, but they're also ambassadors for every culture, I think, because what they stand for and what they're doing, they're cultural movers and shakers at the moment with their music and what they deliver in terms of their message. It's always about appreciating one's culture and respecting one's culture. Because people are still not ready to accept songs like, you know, you know, yeah, non-English songs. BTS is like self-care, um, period. And they're really good for the soul because when you listen to their music, when you watch them, the friendship that they have, um, it's just it's just good for the soul. We have this saying in the army where, you know, um, BTS finds you at the right time. That was Ampicorpus, my own BTS shepherd. And this is the Wildcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Wildcast podcast. And today, I am very happy to introduce to you Ampi Corpus as my guest. She is a Filipino, an expat working in Singapore. And more importantly, she's a member of the BTS Army. So I just recently, uh, over the last year got introduced to BTS uh, through one of my favorite YouTube channels, which is uh, Tiny Desk Concerts. And uh, I really enjoyed it, even though I'm not... I'm probably not their target market. Um, but it was... Wow, it was, it was an experience just watching them... Uh, on this platform and it was so in sync it was um it was a show i mean there are times when you just need that you know you just need that you just need to be able to watch a show and that tiny desk concert with the bts it was show it was a performance it was pretty amazing with them uh performing for the entire world and I was amazed I looked at the hits on it in 30 minutes it had about a million views a couple of thousand comments in 30 minutes I mean this is there is a community behind it there is this movement behind the BTS and I spoke to Ampi who is one very passionate member of the BTS army and I describe her as my BTS shepherd because she has been shepherding people into the BTS army, into the BTS world, the black hole as she calls it, which will suck you in. And I mean, it has something for everybody, including people like myself. So here's Ampi Corpus, the BTS shepherd and her take on the BTS phenomenon. Before we continue with this episode, I would like to invite everyone who is listening to this podcast to help us continue producing independent uh, content 
uh, for all of you and be able to to get the guests who we want and keep us independent as a podcast and help us su- help support the production of the Wildcast podcast. And it's so easy. The only thing you need to do to support us is to buy us a coffee. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash the Wildcast and buy us a coffee. It helps support the Wildcast. It helps support uh, the production of the episodes of the Wildcast. The link is in our bio. Uh, thank you very much for everybody who has supported, has been supporting the Wildcast and is listening to the Wildcast every week. Um, thank you very much. And here we go. This is Ampi Corpus with the Wildcast. Hi. Hi, hi. How, How are, are you? you? I'm good. I'm good. That's good. That's good. Um, how are things in Singapore? Um, it's much better actually. So we're we're in phase two right now. Um, I think the government calls it the phase two end of circuit breaker. Okay. So we're now entering, I think, hopefully phase three before the year. And by phase phase three, we will they will allow uh, people to gather around eight people um, because okay. at the moment we're only allowed to meet five people. Um, the bars are still closed. The clubs are still closed. We can watch movies. We can go to the malls. Um, what else? No traveling still. Um, but I think everyone is just waiting for what's ahead for phase three. Um, and I think people in general, yeah, me, yeah. myself included, just, I guess, wants to have a vacation abroad. Yeah. So yeah, I think I'm sure it's hard, no? I mean, especially for Singapore, people are so used to leaving Singapore for the weekend. It's... Yes, because it's a very small country, and there's nothing. I guess you know there are no there are no countryside. You go to, yeah. I guess there are countryside, but more like parks, really. You go to mm-hmm. Malaysia or Indonesia, um, and then just have a quick, you know, sort of staycation yeah. there. Um, yeah, I, I would go to Europe, the US. That's right. That's right. And for you, like a, a weekend would be flying out of Singapore. For a lot of Singaporeans I know, but they fly out, they go to Bali, they go to Malaysia, Indonesia, even the Philippines. It's, it's like a weekend trip for Singaporeans. I guess so. I mean, not me. You're probably the other expats. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I do know of Singaporeans and other expats who are like who would just go to Bali. Um, Bintan or Batam, which is in Indonesia, and just have a very quick weekend getaway there. But I mean, for me, I'm more of an urban person. All right. so I just stay in the city, um, watch movies, uh, hang out with my family, obviously. Um, of but course. Probably if I were single, I will do that. But yeah. I'm a family <laughs> person, so. Right, right. Yeah. How long have you been in Singapore? I've been here since 2012. Oh, so, okay, it's a been long here, time. Yeah, been here for seven years. Um, I think Pi and I started working in Singapore about the same time. Um, That's right. We visited her around that time. I think two thousand twelve. Yeah. So you do you guys did you guys work together or? No, she's in my uh, in law. <laughs> she's, oh, she's okay. my in law. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah so yeah. her flat is close to our condo here. So All we're right. neighbors uh, before she left. I see. Um, I see. Yeah. So I've been here seven years. Um, when I started working here, it was just me. 
And I used to go to Manila where my family was based at um, every two months. Okay. Um, but then around 20, 2016, they all moved in here with me. Um, okay. So I think they're, you know, everyone is feeling settled in right now. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, Singapore is a nice, nice place to live. I've, I've, I used to visit at least once a year because I have friends and, and yeah. I, I do some work in Singapore sometimes, but is but it related I've, to your conservation? Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I've given some talks in Singapore and, right. and, and a few other things. And then mm. I, the last time I was there was the U2 concert. <laughs> no, no, oh, you went. U2. Nice. Yeah, so... This was, uh, uh, was it last year or two years ago? I uh, late last year. It was late last year. It was around oh. November, December, I think. December okay. last year. Oh, yeah, I didn't So go. that was my last trip away from the Philippines before this whole I pandemic know. hit. Yeah, how are you guys doing over there? Uh, here I live in Baguio, uh, yeah. La Trinidad. Yeah, yeah, so we're not doing so badly. Mm. Um, we're allowed to go out. We have mountains nearby, so for me, nice. it's ideal. Yeah. I can go mountain biking or trekking or running. Yeah. Um, so we have that freedom. It's still just getting used to being in a mask outside. Mm. Uh, yeah. Not being able to see your friends. I mean, you can't just call your friends and oh, let's go for a ride. Yeah, and that's not yeah. that's not something you can do anymore. Uh, is so that there is not that, allowed though. I thought that's allowed. It is allowed, but uh, I mean, I I live with my my parents who are who are seniors, so mm. I'm trying to lower the risk. Yeah, that's uh, right. In in yeah. terms of our you know exposure to them, so yeah, yeah. so we go out mostly. It's just me and my wife, our mm. dogs, uh, and yeah. uh, it's just us. So we try and keep the bubble a little smaller and mm. um if i go running or biking i just do it on my own yeah ah uh, nice i think yeah i mean it's <coughs> nice that you're surrounded by nature um i recently just got into cycling as well with my husband oh nice and you know when we we started doing it probably mid this year and I was telling him, so I was like, why didn't we buy bicycle before? Um, yeah. So now we do it every week. Um, yeah. We try to do it every two, three days. Um, mm-hmm. But weekend, definitely, we go to the East Coast Park um, yeah. and use it. Yeah, it's just really and nice. Singapore is very bike-friendly, no? It's it such is. a nice bike-friendly area. Yeah. I think if you want, yeah, for I have friends who don't know how to ride a bike. And I keep telling them, if you come over here... And you just go to East Coast Park. I think in just two hours, you'll probably learn how to ride a bike because right. the road isn't as bumpy and it's very safe. Um, it's very scenic as well. Right, right. Well, thank you so much no, for coming on, on the Wildcast and uh, willing to share your knowledge about BTS. No, I'm excited. Uh, I've, I, I have to apologize in advance because... I know very little, no. So you might yeah. be offended by, by no. what, what the no. little I know about no. BTS. But but I came upon them uh, a few months ago. I saw them on Tiny Desk concerts. Nice. Uh, the okay. B- <laughs> BTS episode. Okay. It's like what the hell they have they have like a million views in thirty minutes. Mm. I was like, oh, yeah. what's happening here? So yeah. So, so I, was, I, I was really curious, and and this podcast really is about. My curiosity, you know. So nice. I I try yeah. and find people who will answer my questions about the things I'm curious about. So of course. So yeah. so for things like 
yeah, BTS and thanks to Pipay, you're here <laughs> to share yeah. share the knowledge of BTS. Um, um I'm really grateful that you came all my, Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, I always um see this as, as an opportunity to talk about how good they are as people, not just as musicians. Mm-hmm. And I think just with Pipay, because you know, we're, we follow each other on Instagram. And I obviously post a lot about BTS there. So you get hit by my content. Um, but yeah, and you talking about it's okay if you don't know much about them. I also want to ask a few questions actually uh, to you okay. because I've never, you know, there are men um, who like BTS. Um, but I'm sure. I've never, it... Yeah, there are. But I haven't talked to anyone. Oh, really? So, so yeah, it's always like, women um okay, which is okay. understandable so i'd also like to get your thoughts i guess um and, uh, and like you i'm also very curious what you think about it oh what? that's 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 interesting I, I didn't actually know that it was mostly women i mean obviously it's mostly women but um given their popularity mm. i would think that uh, i mean it would encompass some men at least uh there maybe a, a percentage you know yeah uh, there are men, of men. I don't have the data, but there are definitely men who love BTS. Okay, okay. And um, maybe just to start, how how did you find them? How how I mean, was it like me that you I, I regularly follow Tiny Desk. I love the concerts on Tiny yeah. Desk. And and parang all of a sudden there's this it was sort of not the common Tiny Desk concert because it's mm. a boy band, it's yeah, it's very pop. So and then I was, you know, intrigued about it. So how did you yeah. find BTS yourself? Okay, so I think from my experience, it was through my daughters, really. So I have two daughters. One mm-hmm. is a 17-year-old and one is 10, year old, 10 years old. Um, they started liking K-pop um, early last year. Um, okay. And it was so funny because December of 2018, we were in South Korea. We spent... We spent our holidays there, Christmas and New Year. And they weren't K-pop fans then at that time. So when we got back, you know, suddenly they started listening to Blackpink. And um, and then all of a sudden, they started watching a lot of BTS content. And they suddenly started showing me uh, dance practice videos. Um, okay. I used to dance before. So my eldest knows that I appreciate, you know, like really slick choreography I have such um, appreciation for great dancing. And my eldest started showing me all the dance practice videos in, of BTS. And I was like, wow, they're, they're, they're really good. Um, like they just such masterful choreographies. You could see the passion when they dance. I've never seen anything like it for a long time. Because I, I, you know, in my head, I have like a list of top great dancers in the world. And mm. one of it is... Uh, number one is obviously, um, you know, um, Janet Jackson. Okay, um, I, I was going to say Michael Jackson, but Janet Jackson. <laughs> women support women. All right. Um, and then um, Gene Kelly, obviously, who starred oh, in classic. Singing in the Rain. So those are my one and two. And when I started seeing them, I was like, they're really good. And then... They started showing me all their MVs, which is music videos in the mm-hmm. K-pop language. And then I appreciated, like, it's just 
that's that's how the journey started for me. It's through their dance and choreography. I think with other BTS army out there, the journey for them is much different. Um, some of them, just like you, started seeing one of their performances. And then from there, you know, the, the journey turns into watching all the fun <clears throat> fan-made edits on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and then discovering all their, because they have a weekly variety show, which is called Run BTS. Um, I see. Where, yeah, where they get thrown into this games and like really fun competitions, etc. And then they have their own, um, you know, travel show as well, which is Bon Voyage. So then you oh, get... Oh, wow. It's, it's like a whole network of It's the whole ecosystem of content, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is why, I mean, I'm just going to speak in Tagalog here. Yeah, um, we have this thing, you know, where there's this phrase called walang aahon sa kumonoy. Because mm-hmm. once you get into this BTS kumonoy, you will never get out of it. Ang dami, Everywhere you look, man. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, which is why sometimes when, because I, I have a lot of friends who have just, you know, started asking me about BTS and they obviously discovered them during the lockdown. And every time they ask me, so what is it about BTS? And I was like, I cannot, you know, I, I wouldn't know what you would like about them because it's person to person. Um, you know, we have our own likes and we have our own quirks. And some some people got into the BTS journey because of their fashion, um, how they're styled. Because obviously with BTS, it's the whole package. It's the styling, right. the hair the choreography, the concept behind the MVs, the songs, etc. There's so much, so much that goes into, you know, the planning. Um, yeah, I, I think I can talk about them all day, 24 hours. I'm sure. <laughs> it seems like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just feel free to cut me. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah. Just to ask, like, how different are they from the traditional boy bands? You know, we I, I grew up, you know, seeing Backstreet Boys, you know, Boys to Men, all of these different boy bands. And for me, just looking on the outlook, I haven't watched so many of their videos, but just looking at them and doing a comparison is, but uh, BTS seems to be a bit more feminine. Mm. Uh, the look, the, yeah. the clothes, even how they, they actually look, you know, the, the yeah. shape of their faces and everything yeah. is very feminine in comparison to the traditional boy bands, which would, I mean, they're pretty, not even macho, no? but, mm. you know, they're, they're, they're men in, in the traditional yeah. sense. Quote, unquote. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for you, like, is, is this like a difference that you notice in the beginning? And, and how do you think that's actually played to their advantage? You know, that's a really interesting question. And I appreciate that you brought that fact, brought up that fact, because, I think with I, it, I had to go through my own personal journey of appreciating that kind of styling and packaging for BTS or in K-pop in general. Um, to your point, I think with Western boy bands, it's quote-unquote uh, masculine. Uh, yeah. Whereas with BTS and other, I guess, other K-pop bands, it's quote-unquote feminine. I'd like to emphasize the quote-unquote because I think I just don't want to perpetuate that notion that to look that way is wrong. Um, And I think what's 
great about them is that they are actually challenging societal norms. Um, I think we're used to being Filipinos and we're very much influenced by Western culture. Our, I guess our, our notion of boy bands is, you know, like men dancing, yes, but there's no um, flair, no touch of feminine, feminism there. Um, mm-hmm. I think... I think the closest would be a Gary V, the way they dance, you know? Parang, yeah. But not even, because yeah. Gary V is very masculine. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing, I guess, with BTS is that, and it refle- it goes back into the K-pop in general, is because it's just engineered differently there. Um, and when I use the word engineered, it's not like it's a machine. I'm not saying mach- it being a machine is bad. It's just that there's more thought and planning that mm-hmm. goes behind everything what they do. Um, That's I true. Think, no, I, I did notice that. It seems to be very packaged in a way. Yeah, there is a strategy that goes on um, that goes into every album, every comeback, every look. Um, every styling, um, including every the time, microphones, including the <laughs> like microphones. gold microphones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think so. Going back to your question of Western bands and then them, I think to me personally, you are not a boy band if you can't sing and dance. Ah, yeah, um, of course, of course. So, which is why when you know when One Direction was really famous and they were just standing there, I love their songs. Um, I love Zayn. But, you know, it's weird to see them singing, but not dancing. And they call mm-hmm. themselves boy band, right? Like, I guess it's, um, I would say, not a substantial way of defining boy bands. But that's the similarity, like the choreography and stuff, the singing. But with BTS, there's so much that's happening there. There is a strategy. Um, you know, credit to their studio as well, their founder, uh, Bang TV Nim, because, you know, whatever it is that they're offering to their fans right now, it's very much a process of co-creation between them because the boys have their points, points of view as well and their founder. Um, so, so I think it's not just the choreography, it's how everything is put together such that everything that we experience as fans are more, I guess, it's more memorable okay. um, and okay. impactful. So would I you say they're yeah. like the Beatles of Asia? Wow. Okay. I would say that they are... I wouldn't want to compare them to Beatles, but I think... They are big on their own and by okay. their own right. Um, recently, they have they occupied um, the Billboard Hot 100 one and two, like the two singles for Billboard okay. Hot 100. And by doing so, they have actually now on the same level as BTS for having two songs that sit in one and two at the same time. Oh wow! Okay. Um, and there are also, I think, in terms of the number one hit singles as well in Billboard Hot 100, they're also comparable with uh, with Beatles. So, okay. 
they are making a mark on their own. Um, I, I hesitate to compare them to Western standards because they are championing their the own Asian standards. Yeah, the Asian standards. <laughs> um, so would you say they're, yeah. they're ambassadors for all of us? I mean, we're all Asian. You're Asian, I'm Asian. Yeah. Um, although Filipinos tend to separate ourselves you know, from, from Asians, which I think is a bad thing. Really? But, in what way? <laughs> uh, how many Filipinos do you think more, you know, the Filipinos tend to associate ourselves more with the Western than, uh, than yeah, Asia. Because of our, we, yeah, we all speak good English, Indian. we're Catholic. I mean, the rest mm. of Asia is Muslim or, or Buddhist or, yeah. or, you know, what others. But um, I travel around Southeast Asia a lot mm. and I really feel that we always set ourselves apart in some way. Okay. But but in general, would you say that they are our ambassadors? I mean, not just for Korea. They've been they've been really good ambassadors, obviously, for Korean uh, soft power democracy. <laughs> you know, soft <laughs> soft and uh, all over the world. Yeah. Uh, spreading their culture all mm. over the world. But yeah. would you say they're 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 ambassadors for all of us? And thank you very much, everybody, for listening to the Wildcast podcast, especially this episode with Ampicorpus. I would like to take this opportunity to invite all of you to help and support the independent production of this Wildcast by buying us a coffee. All you have to do to buy us a coffee, keep us caffeinated, is to go to buymeacoffee.com slash the Wildcast and... Uh, Buy us a coffee. It's as easy as that. And you help support the independent production of the Wildcast podcast. Help us get guests. Help us get better equipment. Get a better internet connection and better servers um, for the hosting of the Wildcast. So thank you very much uh, for supporting us. And don't forget, if you can, if you have something spare and you want to help keep us producing the content for the Wildcast, Go to buymeacoffee.com slash wildcast and buy us coffee. Thank you very much. I think that they are ambassadors for Korea for sure, um, but they're also ambassadors for every culture, I think, because what they stand for and what they're doing, they're cultural movers and shakers at the moment. With their music and what they deliver in terms of their message, it's always about appreciating one's culture and respecting one's culture. So, okay. so yes, I would say that they are ambassadors for all of us. You know, when they actually go to, a, to concerts in other countries, they make it a point to study the culture first so they know the do's and don'ts. Oh, that's um, good. That's, yeah, so that. last year when they had a concert in Saudi Arabia, they made sure <coughs> to, you know, they didn't bow um, they usually bow when they introduce themselves to the fans. Um, but in Saudi Arabia, they did not because you only bow to Allah. Royalty. Okay. To Allah. All right. So, um, so they didn't do that. So they, they have all these meetings. So I think, yeah, I think it's what they stand for and what they're trying to tell people out there is that no matter the culture, you know, yes, we are different culturally, but... There are things that make us common, um, that make right. us as one. And, um, and you being an you know BTS uh, fan, BTS army, army, do you do you do you translate the songs? I, I, most of the songs are in Korean, 
And yeah. obviously, I can't understand. They have they have a couple of songs in English. Yeah. Um. Do you translate them? And uh, is is there or is there an online translation? How how does it work? There are so you're probably aware of Stan Twitter, right? Yes. Yeah. So there are a lot of um, BTS um, Twitter accounts, uh, Army Twitter accounts, and they're only one of their, I guess, their mission on that platform is to translate um, everything, every every content of BTS. So there are fans out there who translate the songs to English, and you can just quickly quickly go to YouTube and, you know read the English translation. I see. But I, see. I don't personally translate them because I don't know how to speak Korean. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I eh, For me, kasi, uh, it, it's similar. It reminds me of, you know, those those old anthems of Voltes Five and Voltes, yeah. which, which Filipinos nice. still know up to now. No? Parang yeah. Filipinos still remember the songs to all of these, uh, all of these cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. From, they're, they're they're very iconic for mm. us. Uh, would you say the BTS songs will achieve the same kind of sort of institutional memory in the culture of the Asian the Asian public? I I think as an army, that's my hope. Um, but I think there's a there's still a barrier to making that happen because a lot of people are still biased towards non-English songs. Yeah. Um, And I think if you, so I'm a pop culture junkie. So I consume everything that's related to film, entertainment, etc. And when um, the director of Parasite, obviously Parasite won the Oscars, right? And, um, you know, in his speech, the director said that if people just try and get over the, I'm paraphrasing, try and get over the, um, you know, the laziness of reading the subtitles, people will actually realize that, you know, non-English content, whether it's movies or songs, etc., are actually really good. That's um, a really good insight. Huh? Yeah, Isn't so it? it's, um, I think, so the, the thing with BTS and every conversation around them and their music is that we have to acknowledge that there's this, there are a lot of barriers. There are a lot of, you know, racism, prejudice, etc. And as an army, I truly hope that they would make culture, like there's one song in their discography that would really make a mark to everyone in the world. But at the, I think that Globally, we are still on the journey to making that happen because people are still not ready to accept songs like, you know, you non-English know, songs. Yeah, non-English songs. Um, but I think if people get over that barrier of, you know, if they just make an effort to actually read subtitles and sort of digest the lyrics, they'll realize that, you know, songs that are not english are also really very good um, you know it, it's really interesting that you you bring that up you know because i've been you know obviously like everyone else we we have netflix at home yeah and and we have in the last you know in the last year that we've had netflix i've watched more foreign 
series and foreign films and foreign movies it, with subtitles no yeah. um uh not english you know non english films they're spanish or german or, yeah. or whatever other films and they're really good like you like you said mm. no? so you you have mm. to and and one of the most popular films now or or series now is the spanish series sorry i don't watch it my wife watches it the the where they're they're bank robbers yeah. um yeah right? money heist uh, yeah money heist there yeah. there you go money heist is the most po- one of the most popular yeah. and it's spanish it's spanish yeah. spanish uh spanish thing and netflix has been able to sort of do that and people are actually watching no? mm. and sometimes i think that it's not so much that people don't want to read the subtitles it's just there's no place to watch them yeah you know like like um could be as well uh like for instance here in the cinemas in the philippines you won't get any of those netflix shows you won't get mm, if true. if if anything we we have grown up actually with foreign shows on our tv mm. uh we've had you know yeah mexican shows spanish shows <laughs> yeah, spanish soap operas all dub Chinese, uh, yeah, Chinese, all, or Chinese yeah. all dub, and we've appreciated all of these. Mm. Growing up, it wasn't just Hollywood, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons why um, BTS has been quite big in the Philippines. No? For yeah. Philippines. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you made a good point there. But I think part of that as well, if I'm going to link it to BTS, radio is one channel where more people could actually appreciate their music but before they release their song dynamite you know most of the radio stations in the u.s won't be playing bts songs so um and i think it's it's like what you said for as long as you make these things available then actually you know the exposure would be much wider i guess yeah but i think um with radio plays, it's quite tricky, especially in the U.S. because they're still, yeah, they're still trying to fight their way, still trying to sort of assert their position, I guess, as musicians there. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how it is in the Philippines where, you know, radio stations, I think, I think we play a bit of a variety there. I know that we do. when yeah, I think right? we play whatever is popular with people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's sort of what when I was play. still there, I know that when you know K K pop was trying to just become really big. Obviously, Psy, we could hear Psy on the radio, Wonder Girls, etc. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think making a making their content accessible to everyone, I think, would be a start. Um. But I'd like to caveat that they're actually available in other platforms as well. But right. not a lot of people know. I think you have of to course. be a BTS fan to be able to at least know that they have presence in the, in, 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 uh, the platform, which is a platform in Korea. Okay. Um, there's okay. also Weaver. But they're on Spotify as well, right? They're also on Spotify. They're on YouTube. Um, yeah. But I think talking about just public in general. Um, to be honest, like in Asia, I don't think we have that much of a problem appreciating BTS um, because we, you know, even before the K-pop wave, we've, we've already been through a lot of waves. 
we yeah. we we had she the you know the Chinese wave. Remember F four? Like I was a fan of F four. Right, F four. Um, but was it F four Korean? No, they're they Taiwanese. Oh, Taiwanese. Okay, they're right, Taiwanese. right, Taiwanese. So, so they. I think yeah, that's how it started. I think for Filipino as well, and then Korea, the Korean wave started happening. But I think just in the other side of the world, Europe, the U.S. It's obviously a different scenario there. But but um, you know, I I I'm a big mountain biker, and I was watching the World Championships, UCI yeah. World Championship yeah. in mountain bike, and the background music was BTS. Oh, uh, what what you were know? they playing? <laughs> Would you know? I think Dynamite. Uh, Dyna- Dynamite okay. was playing. So so it. I mean, this is this is essentially. Normally they would be playing, you know, rock and roll songs. Okay, yeah. Um this is this is, you know, mountain biking, you know, it, it's rock and roll songs. And then suddenly it's like BTS playing yeah, on the background. Yeah, so yeah. so I mean we're we're crossing that cultural barrier mm, in yeah. a way that um that BTS is going there, no? And yeah. uh, I mean talking about platforms, we I because I watched BTS first. You know, on YouTube with with Tiny Desk, yeah. Um, I feel this is just my my own opinion. No? Uh, I feel that it's very different watching them and just hearing them. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah. parang if if maybe if they just came on the radio, I'm not sure if I would have appreciated it in the same way as when I saw them perform okay. on on. On tiny desk, no. Because mm. it, it's a real, it's a show. Eh? But you yeah. see everything, their clothes, yeah, the microphones are gold, silver, yeah. whatever. Uh, it's very set up the way they dance, and mm. and and if you take all that away and just put sound, yeah. then you remove a whole layer of, mm. of, yeah. of the product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think no, I think um, a lot of people were <clears throat> surprised by that performance. At least the the non armies, because you know they've always seen BTS as like you know the whole package. Yeah. All the the fireworks, the styling, the hair, the makeup. Um. So when they saw Tiny Desk, where it's unplugged, and you could just really hear their voice, and they're just sitting there, um, being their crazy usual selves. Um. People responded to it. Um, and we weren't surprised because, as armies, because, you know, what has always been shown to everyone is this very, um, I guess, what do you call this? Very polished. Um, not that I'm saying that the tiny desk isn't polished, but it's more. It's very polished raw. for a tiny it's desk, raw. actually. <laughs> it's for tiny desk, it's polished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but their appearance there, how they perform, etc., it's, it's raw. Um, yeah. It's unplugged, which is refreshing to everyone. And I've, I've, you know, I've seen a lot of people post on Facebook after that tiny desk appearance, and it's like, oh, wow, um, I didn't know they sound like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's always a discovery, I guess. But I would say. Every appearance of BTS is always a discovery. You wouldn't really know what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, which is part of the, which is part of the what's what's great about them as well. You always get surprised. Right, right. And um, I was gonna ask, 
you you mention army all the time no how do you become an army is this a, is this something like you have a membership is there a membership mm. or or do you just decide i'm army but i'm gonna or is it like after watching a certain number of shows how does it work i think um i like your questions um you become an army once you know that you are you like bts um and the usual journey for an army is that i just Oh, I've heard about them, seen them, etc. I just want to know their names. And when you start, you know, finding, watching content to really get to know their names, that's when you start going into this black hole of watching all the BTS content. So then you start realizing, at least from my experience, like seeing the dance practice videos and then seeing all their concerts, etc. It's like, okay, now I really, really like them. Um, I couldn't tell who is who when I started watching their content. I can't tell. I'm I'm I sorry, but you know, <laughs> it's um, it's I, probably racist to say this, but no, I can't no, tell. It's it's, it's um <laughs> it's it's the usual feedback, and every army has gone through that journey where who is Jungkook, who is Jin. I used to confuse Jin and Jungkook before, so Jin is the the young, the 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 oldest the eldest brother. And Jungkook is the youngest, so the Mahme. Anyway, so yeah, and then you start watching the content and then you start realizing, oh, I actually like them. And then start listening to their old songs, etc. So they, um, and then you start getting, you know, exposed to all the YouTube suggestions, right? This is right. how YouTube works. Um, and then you start downloading the app, the Weavers, the Weaver Shop, etc. And then you start following them on Twitter and then you start engaging with all the other army Twitter accounts. So then you become an army. Um, you have an option to actually become an official army and by official, really paying an, an army membership. Okay, and so there's such a thing. There is such a thing. So you be, you pay a, a membership um, and it, it's um, you're eligible, I guess, like as an, as an official army, you get, um, you get a lot of exclusive content, um, and you're also first in, I guess, sort of first in line to get tickets when they have concerts. Um, so you get all this card, you have a card, and then you'll get a welcome pack from their label, Big Hit. Um, and then you have all photo cards, etc. Um, so that's, that's being an official army. You have the light stick, um, which is the army bomb, is what you call it. Every K-pop band has their own light stick. Um, yeah. And, and I think there was, I just want to How mention, long did it take you to become an army? Oh, uh, days. So days? I started, just yeah, days, days. Wow. Um, I started liking them, so was casually watching them early last year, but then really became a uh, full-time army, legitimate army by around mid next mid last year. Wow. Um, so my daughters and I are also like official army. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it's very, it's very quick. Um, um, there was, you know, we have this group, I don't know, because we're connected on Facebook, right? And we have this online community, we call it Titas of BTS. Okay. And um, so it's essentially a group of obviously Gen Xers and older millennials who like BTS. Um, and there was one, we, 
it was formed around four months ago. Um, we were there were only a few members around that time, but then when we had an article that was featured on um, Metro Magazine, a lot of people started joining our page. So now we, from you know ten, twenty, thirty, we're now one thousand plus wow. um, in just four months alone. And there was one post that was. You know, I wanted to bring that up because it was, I think it's very crucial. There was one post, one tita who posted something about, you know, um, I I haven't bought any BTS merch, not even bought any uh, dupe or knockoffs on Shopee or whatever, haven't watched any BTS concerts, etc. But I love them through and through. And I know that an, I'm an army. And obviously... You know, we had to jump in as moderators and then all the other teachers as well in the group and say that it doesn't matter if, you know, you haven't bought any merch, etc. That you, It doesn't make you a lesser army just because you don't have the official merch and you're not an official member. At the end of the day, it's about supporting the boys, believing in what they stand for and taking their messages to heart. Um, so I think that that's what really being an army is about. And like, what is, how did they get to where they are now? I mean, obviously there's a whole process that goes on uh, to create becoming a BTS member. And I don't know what their backgrounds the are. Yeah, the band. Okay. And, 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 and what, was, what were they, their backgrounds? Did they come from, are they city boys? Are they country boys? And yeah. then did they just, did they audition? How long did it take to build up to, I mean, you know, their global success? Yeah. So they all came from, they're not from Seoul. Um, they came from a different uh, provinces in South Korea. Um, but the first, I would say, BTS member was their leader, uh, okay. Namjoon. Um, so Kim Namjoon's the full name. His stage name is RM. Um, but I mean, I call him Namjoon. So he's the first member. He's a rapper. And, you know, he was, um, he's really good. He's such a genius, very smart guy. And when, you know, um, their founder, Bang Kidi Nim, originally his plan was to uh, create a group around Namjoon. Um, but I think over over time, he suddenly realized that you know, I think we probably need to pivot the plan, um, which then became into what it is right now. Um, they, I think he was, he became part of Big Hit, which is their label around 2010, if I'm may, maybe getting my dates wrong, um, around 2010, and he's been training. I think as with other K-pop bands, you do train, um, and then you also, you know, depending on whether you make it to the debut, it's either you make it to the debut or you, you know, get out of the, I guess, the training, training okay. phase. Um, so they, they, they did go through trainings as well. Um, the first three members were the rap line. Um, I hope I'm right. Um, it's uh, Namjoon, um, Yungi, and um, Kobe, so J-Hope. So hopefully I'm right. But 
Um, and then over the years, they started adding more people, started conducting um, auditions. Okay. And um, it's Jimin, who's the last member to join. Um, she only had, I think, a couple of months uh, training. Um, yeah, so they go through a very rigorous training, um, singing, dancing, media training as well. And mm-hmm. once they were, once they debuted in 2013, you know, it was hard. They weren't really very, they weren't taken seriously. They were founded, they were originally a hip-hop group. So if you listen to their old albums, their old songs, it's mostly purely hip-hop. Um, but it was around, probably around 2016 or the Wings album, where they have pivoted their sound. Um, and that's when they actually, like, more people responded to their sound. Um and then from there, I think what's, what made them where they are now is a lot of strategy and hard work, I think. Um, but it's also, I would say, external forces as well. Because when, when, they, were planning, when they were planning their albums, they were very clear about their mission, that their music will, all be, will be about healing. Okay. And when they were planning planning it, globally, what's happening in conversations, etc., stress levels are rising, um, which is why the, you know, self-care as the term was coined around, I think, 2016. Um, it was also during that time when, you know, BTS started really thinking about, okay, what kind of music can we put out there that would really heal people? Um, that would get people reflecting, etc. So by the time they came out with their album, it just resonated to a lot of people because they, they explore mental health, you know, being yourself, reflecting on yourself, etc. Um, and then obviously the work ethic as well is something that I really like emphasizing on when it comes to BTS because they're such perfectionists. I think we know that being perfectionist can be bad sometimes, but I think in their case, it's more, it paid off um, because they analyze their moves. If they're not happy with their sound, they're dancing, etc. They would do it over, over and over again to make sure that it, what comes out is very slick. Uh, it, it looked very, very yeah. polished. I mean, very I mean polished. just from the few, few things I've, I've seen, yeah. it looked like it was very polished like every move every when someone stands and when you know it it's a there's like thought process behind all of it yeah there is um yeah which is why credit to the label because you know you can't that it's their founder and all the other people surrounding him that's their anchor um it's not it's not just them it's also the people behind them right and and for you mentioned no, their their songs are about healing. I think Pipai told me that during this whole pandemic, BTS has been, well, for you, uh, some sort of therapy or healing yeah. as well. Yeah. So I think Pipai was referring to the self-care panel um, mm-hmm. I moderated. So just the background okay. on that. Um, so there's this, I guess, group on... Um, Twitter and their armies, obviously. It's a Rhythm 
or Rhizome Revolution Review, so it's R3. A um, couple of months ago, they decided to hold like an army conference globally, it's a virtual conference. And I always liken it to South by Southwest because um, SXSW is like, um, you know, a combination of music, communication, strategy, film, etc., pop culture. So it's similar to that. Um, I moderated a panel on self-care because there are a lot of ARMY. I think what's common in terms of how armies discovered BTS is when they were going through a tough time. So it's not, you know, you would hear and see stories about people who were depressed, who have uh, bipolar disorder, who went through some really crazy, you know, things in life, and they were exposed to BTS's songs and messages. And um, so, so BTS in and on, is, uh, uh, BTS is like self-care, um, period. And they're really good for the soul because when you listen to their music, when you watch them, the friendship that they have, um, it's just, it's just good for the soul. It's very, yeah, I guess healing is the word. And, you know, in our, in our group, the Pitas of BTS, when people would introduce themselves, they would always say, you know, like, I was listening to this and that song, and it so happened that I was going through, you know, I was grieving or I was going through um, a tough time with my family, etc. And that's why we always have, we have this saying in the army where, you know, um, BTS finds you at the right time. Um, but everything, all this self-care discussion, conversation, it, also go, it all goes back to what they're offering to us. It's their music. It's their, them as people, um, their variety show, uh, the friendship. Um, they're very authentic. Every time they appear, let's say, on when they receive awards or deliver messages, they recently delivered um, a message during the United Nations General Assembly. And they were talking about, you know, using this time during lockdown to reflect on yourself and to just make the most of what we have right now because we, this will eventually pass. Um, we really hear what they're saying. We really listen to what they're saying, which is why a lot of people feel comforted by them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, <laughs> I think that's it. <clears throat> well, I'm... Uh... You know, uh, interesting that you you talk about the UN and and their their ambassadors, you know, for one of the UN agencies. UNICEF, or, yeah, their UNICEF. UNICEF, yeah. right? And and I mean, recently, and I think this is just not recently. They've they've been in some. They've had some political pronouncements that have maybe played not mm. so well with certain countries yeah. or, for instance, China. <laughs> um, and I do like that they're they're not afraid. To be outspoken, which is which is something that a lot of artists tend to tend to shy away from. No, mm. I mean they're using their platform for for better for UNICEF for yeah. for whatever. Even inadvertently, when they when they offended China, you know, it's still their platform, and 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 they sort of stood by it. And and what do you think of uh you know pop stars actually you know weighing in on political issues? Yeah. I think with that China thing, there wasn't really any mention in China. It was just 
I think it was taken out of context. And um, so it was an unnecessary news, to be honest, because they weren't really referring to anyone. Um, it was blown out of proportion. But I think to your question about artists speaking up and taking a political stance, I do think that when you become influential, people would expect you to have an opinion. Um, people would expect you to um, make a stand, uh, which is why I think when, you know, Taylor Swift for a long time, she wasn't saying anything about the politics in the U.S. to think that she had massive, you know, a lot of fans. Yeah, she's one of the biggest. On yeah, Twitter. one of the biggest um, artists in the world. And she wasn't saying anything about um, politics and the injustice and unfairness in the world. Um, so when she finally did, I think last year, and she's now very outspoken um, about, you know, um, you know, uh, Trump. I think people were people, you know, people like that. I um, liked it. I loved yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. I think that to me, as 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 a person, and even if let's say you're just a normal citizen you have a point of view and it doesn't matter if you're popular or not if what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong right and if you right. have a voice to at least call out the injustice use your voice yeah. um and it's not it's similar to what we advise our brands as well so because i work in communications and advice and i advise companies on their strategies for how they're going to tell their story, what their campaigns or programs should be. And the conversations that are happening now within our industry is whether companies should have purpose. Um, and, you know, like, should companies be making a stand on something or can companies afford not to? And in my opinion, as someone who, you know, I think that companies should be purposeful all the time. Um, you're there for a reason, and people buy you for a reason. Right. Um, so you need to say something. Um, this is this is really interesting because I had on this podcast, I think in the fifth episode, I had a CEO of Vitamin B. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the brand. No. Uh, Michelle. Is it in Michelle, the Philippines? Yes. Yeah. In the Philippines. Um, um, Michelle and. She discussed exactly what you're saying. Mm. Uh, and in reference to, for instance, Ligo Sardines in the Philippines. Yeah. yeah. Which took a pretty hard, not hard, but also sort of comedic, but also hard stance against um, the incompetence of the current administration. Mm. No? And um, I don't buy Ligo Sardines. Uh, I don't buy canned goods so much. But, but because of their bravery... Yeah. Now I know Ligo. Parang, yeah. And Michelle Michelle said that even though they donated their entire ad budget, yeah. they got back that ad, ad budget plus plus and plus, you know, brand loyalty and yeah. brand brand recognition, you know, tenfold mm. simply because they were brave to speak their mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think that companies People, companies have, um, you know, we have, we, we have, we were given this faculty to think and we have this voice. Let's use it wisely. 
Um, I think it's disappointing if influential people don't. Um, but I do like to point out that you don't use your voice just to make noise. It has to be purposeful noise. And um, no, uh, like similarly to that, I I'm a big fan of Patagonia, which is a which yeah. is a brand. I used to be sponsored Patagonia. by them years yeah. and years ago, yeah. and they're they're that type of brand. But yes. from the beginning, that's their DNA. They mm. speak up. Their 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 products are expensive, yeah. but people will buy them simply because of the message and the way they do. You know, obviously they're still quality product, but yeah. But because they're 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 brave enough to speak their mind, more people will have brand loyalty. I'll buy Patagonia over, you know, a much cheaper REI, for instance, because mm. of what Patagonia means, no? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and in the same way, you know, Lego versus five five five. If I was at the <laughs> supermarket, Lego in Bibilingo. Hindi sila magplay sa Yeah. Yeah. Talking about going back now to BTS, um, I saw recently that they are putting out an initial public offering. Tama ba I, yeah, I, I yeah. read somewhere that they're doing an IPO, and this is somewhat unique that hmm. a band is doing an IPO. Is it one of the first? It. I mean, obviously, it's their whole brand. No, it's like their their shows, the, the yeah. production, and everything. Um. So yes, they're uh public company now just very recently but did I you think, buy <laughs> uh, i want to actually but i need to i think it's tricky to if you're a foreigner uh, um, to buy in korea yeah to buy in korea but i i plan to and i want to i just need to talk to a financial analyst because i think we can do it but someone needs to manage the portfolio um like an investment house or something um I haven't really invested time on it yet, but I plan to while BTS is still active. Um, to your question, um, it's not the first time, I think. I'm not very knowledgeable about the financial industry in Korea. But what's interesting about uh, Big Hit being a public company is that they used to be a small company. And if we, in, in you know, in K-pop, entertainment in general there are three big companies that dominate the industry uh it's yg jyp and sm entertainment big hit was the underdog um but then because of bts they became really big and it has gotten to a point now where you know they can afford to be a public company and so it's an interesting journey I think from a financial analyst perspective, it's an interesting study because Big Hit is obviously, BTS is powering up Big Hit, right? Yes. What's going to happen if BTS is not active anymore? Although... Which is what B- happened to many boy bands, right? There's a big hit. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, although BTS off. are shareholders, so they technically own Big Hit now. Um... So, yeah, they're millionaires now. Um, so, you know, even if, let's say, they're not performing anymore, they can be the producers. They, mm. can, they can play behind the scenes. They're taking up postgraduate studies now on uh, marketing and advertising and management, probably to prepare them for the role that they will play 
when they become, you know, when they eventually leave the entertainment industry and play a behind the scenes role. And as so they're becoming company, a Disney for K-pop. You, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, that's a really interesting note because I was just reading an article. Um, there was an article recently which was written by Consequence of Sound. And um, that article sort of compared, um, you know, BTS, K-pop, big hit to Disney. Um, uh, or obviously like the Marvel Cinematic, MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe, where it's a cool ecosystem, right? Um, which is similar to what Big Hit is doing right now. BTS is one whole ecosystem. Um, it's impossible for you to consume all their content in one go. Like it would take probably months, even more than a year to do it. And yeah, so just remember that comparison. Um, yeah, I think there is probably an appetite for them to do that, to be like that. And I think they're going in the right direction because they have a really great product. Um, you know, like BTS. BTS is, there are a lot of armies who will support BTS all the way. Um, and there was even this quote, I think it was from, probably from New York Times. Um, and I think it was a financial analyst who said that what investors are buying are not necessarily big hit, but the fans that support big hit. It's the ecosystem around them, um, which was, I thought, a really good sort of observation. Um, yeah, but but this this big hit being a public company is a very interesting case study, I think. Yeah, and especially for, I mean, one of the reasons I got, I mean, super interested in, in BTS because of things like this. You know, they're, they're doing things sort of off-tangent to traditional boy bands or at least Western boy bands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they've, they've built this whole ecosystem. They've built this, I mean, you've built, these communities, there's so many communities all over. They're not just fan base, but they're not just fan clubs. They're 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 communities, mm. as you say, yeah. and they're you know you're you're quite supportive of each other, and you know you have this whole process of of going through um, taking people in and, and sort of uh, you're 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 shepherding everybody into yeah. that into that army. I like the uh, term. Yeah. You're shepherding everyone. And maybe the last amazing. question, no? um yeah. how like what 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 advice would you give to people who are just discovering BTS now? I mean, a lot of a lot of my listeners probably don't listen to BTS. There's a few I know mm. that do listen to BTS. And maybe after this this episode, they'll they'll be listening to it. And what advice do you give? To those people who are suddenly inundated into this, you know, kumunoi, sabi mo nga. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I think I'll go back to what I said earlier. Um, you will create your own journey to finding and appreciating BTS, depending on what your likes are. Um, but I think because BTS are musicians, you will definitely start with their music. Um, if you are, let's say, if you like rap, you start, you go and listen to their first few albums because that's a very rap-focused album. It's very hip-hop driven. If you like a more ballad, slow jams kind of music, you listen to their The Most Beautiful Moment in Life um, 
album, the compilation of albums, um, and all the you know the the recent albums as well. So I'm talking about 2017 onwards. I think it's now if you are the type who linger a lot on YouTube and likes to see funny content, there are a lot of fan-made video edits on YouTube that highlight BTS being cray-crazed. Um, okay. So, so then that's another way to consume them. If you are interested in the movement that's happening around BTS, because there are a lot of academics studying the movement of army. Um, there is even a Harvard business, uh, wow. Harvard University course around them and a case study around them. If you're interested in that intellectual side of what makes BTS so good and why BTS army is so devoted to them and vice versa, um, you can read all the think pieces on New York Times, Financial Times, um, I love the, it. I mean, this this is my world. <laughs> yeah, all the newspapers. Um, if you're a pop culture junkie and just sort of interested to find out what is it about BTS that, you know, that is fascinating. Again, there's Vogue. <laughs> there's, you know, there's Tiny Desk and PR. There's, there's a lot. Um, I'm sure people here follow their own, uh, you, you follow your, you read your own websites on pop culture, um, what else, any blogs, websites on commentaries, et cetera, Daily Beast or Slate or whatever. They're, they're everywhere. Um, wow. If you're interested about, if you're the type who's more altruistic and you're the type who actually are more inspired by people who, do something good, you can read up on, you know, um, all the donations that BTS has done. Um, you know, just start with UNICEF. And you can... There's really something for everyone. It's, it's such a yeah, range. It no, there, it's such a range of products yeah, that they've created. Yeah. That There's actually... I mean, you know, like for me, I'd be interested in the the analyst side, the, yeah. the, the acad yeah. academic side of it. And, yeah. But there's there's really parang there's no pigeonholing them into one no. product. They no. they've they've diversified, and in in a way, you as the army have diversified for them as well. Yeah, I think so, and I think army in general. I think just typically when you talk about boy bands. The first thing that comes to mind is screaming teenage girls, right? But when it comes to army, it's not. It's not just teenage girls. We're more diverse. Um, we there are different religions in the army, different nationalities, race, gender, etc. Um, so we're really diverse, and we all come from different professions, different backgrounds. There are Twitter accounts of lawyer armies. There are Twitter accounts of you know people who are uh, working in the social science. There are Twitter accounts for armies who are in the medical field. Um, I don't think there's one for comms though, and I'm thinking of putting one. And I know there are a lot of com comms people who are armies. 
And talking about comms, actually, I forgot to say in your question earlier, if you are fascinated with the communication strategy around BTS, BTS is also a good case study um, because they're really good at creating engagement with fans, um, you know, driving brand loyalty, so to speak, because BTS is the brand. Um, And because I work in that industry and I'm fascinated by it, I usually use their campaigns, their comebacks as case studies for great engagement uh, on communication. So that's one way to actually get to know them as well. Um, It's a black hole. It is a black hole. It's It's a a monoid. And, you know, I think it's just, again, different pathways to discovering and appreciating them. And you can just start by, Mm. I guess, having a chat with an army and saying, what do you really like about them? Because that's when things will start unraveling for you. And a chat like this one. A chat like this one. And over the past couple of weeks as well, when BTS released Dynamite, I've had a lot of people message me and say, oh, I started listening to Dynamite. And now I could see them, because we follow in Spotify, I could see them listening to their whole, their different songs now. So I also watching their journey as an army. And I always tell them, if you want an onboarding, just come to me um, and, when, and I will lead you to the right content Nice, um, because there's just a lot and it's impossible to keep up. Nice, nice. Well, thank you very much for your time. This was, I mean, I'm sure we can talk about this for three <laughs> hours or more. It seems thank like you. Thanks, it's JP. really a black hole. There's there's no end in sight to what we can talk about with, with BTS. No? Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, this conversation has been quite eye-opening for me i'll probably go check out some of those things that you just mentioned thank you uh, i will send you the links as well there you go and uh <laughs> but but thank you and it, it's really for me you know th- it's it's really enlightening to see and also to to hear from uh fans i've, ne- I've never had i think you're the first fan on, yeah. on my podcast i would say <laughs> yeah and 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 it has been quite enlightening to have um to have you share the whole process and and the reason why you follow them the reason why they are so important to your life yeah um so thank you so much for 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 sharing all of that with me and for the listeners of the podcast thank you i mean like i said it's always a great opportunity to talk about how wonderful they are as people and um i appreciate Obviously, thank you, Pipai, for connecting me and JP. And um, if, you know, I will definitely send you all the links. There's a lot to consume. And um, yeah, start just listening to their music and really paying attention to what they're saying out there because everything they say is really, you know, it's, it's, it's what they offer in terms of music is healing and what, they're, what they stand for is something, it's meaningful. And, you know, as a, person what you just want out of your life is to live meaningful lives right and i think bts is one of those people who can definitely give you that sort of inspiration that influence that impact in your life so i hope i hope our conversation was insightful very Um, very i hope so uh but thank you for this opportunity thank you thank you i think i'm going to call this episode the bts shepherd 
which thank is what you are. <laughs> you thank, thank you so much. I like that. <laughs> There we are. That was Ampi Corpus talking about her own BTS journey. And I'm sure a lot of you who are listening to this have had their own BTS journey, if not are undergoing their own BTS journey at the moment. I know a lot of people who are big, big, big fans of the BTS. Um, and I think, like Ampi, a lot of them have found solace in the BTS during this difficult time we are all going through this pandemic and just having them there their faces their 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 shows their performances I think it really does help um, alleviate some of the I would say mental stress of going through this pandemic I mean if anything it is really there's For me personally, it's the un- uncertainty of the whole situation that makes it difficult. You know, I mean, we don't know when this is really going to end, and there's always this cycle of bad news and bad news every day. You get you get reports of how many people died, how many people get COVID, how dire the economic situation is, and it's nice to escape all of this sometimes for me a lot of the escape is of course being in the outdoors but for a lot of other people they've found the bts and that has been their escape that's been their therapy and i mean that's such a wonderful thing and it's created this community around it that is really supportive of each other in fact i um with the community pantries that are being built there's about 400 now Uh, there's community pantries all over the country and one of the community pantries is by the BTS army I mean that's amazing you know this fan group um, this community that loves the BTS army the BTS you know the BTS army put up they're spreading the love that they are getting from the BTS to the entire community that eats it and I really think That is the essence of the message that the BTS is sending to everyone. So again, thank you very much to everybody who has been listening to the Wildcast. If you haven't listened to any of the old episodes, if you're new here to the Wildcast, we have about we have now 32 episodes. This is the 32nd episode of the Wildcast. And if this is the first time you're discovering us on the Wildcast, we have tons of great guests over the last season, you know. Um, I've had Prasenjit Yadav, who's a National Geographic photographer. He's amazing. He shot the snow leopard in the Himalayas. Um, we've had uh, amazing CEO women like Michelle Pareto, who's the CEO of Vitamin B. Who has such amazing insights about business, about um, about branding? Uh, she's an amazing woman. We've had uh, we've had uh, Buddhist, uh, my my friend who died last year, was able to record an episode on the podcast about living life as a Buddhist, and that's something 
I've learned from over the years from him and thankfully we were able to record that episode with him uh, on the Wildcast and I think a lot of you will be able to learn from that. So thank you again for all those who have been followers of the Wildcast and are continuing to be followers of the Wildcast. And for those who have just found us, uh, please give us a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you can, if you would like to support the podcast more, help us out by buying us a coffee. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash wildcast, and you can buy us a coffee and help support production of the Wildcast podcast. So keep it wild. See you next week. And see you out there.